Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. The Environmental Protection Agency is facing pressure to create a national air quality standard for carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases. Right now, EPA regulates certain widespread pollutants under the National Ambient Air Quality Standards Program, but that doesn't include additional pollutants that cause climate change, including CO2, methane, and hydrofluorocarbons. Proponents argue the standard would help the U.S. reduce emissions, while others say the standard would be unworkable and potentially illegal. So today, we chat with Politico's Alex Guillen about this latest effort to set a national greenhouse gas standard, along with the pushback and where the Biden administration might stand. It's Tuesday, October 31st. So the National Ambient Air Quality Standards Program, or NACS, as everybody in EPA world calls it, is a part of the Clean Air Act where it says EPA needs to set health-based standards for certain pollutants. There are six of them, including sulfur dioxide, particulate matter, and ground-level ozone, which forms smog. So what the Clean Air Act says is EPA sets a health-based standard, and then it's up to the states to meet that standard. And what that means is if they have air quality above the levels that EPA determines are, are safe for people, they need to find ways to curb their emissions and reach those standards. So EPA has the authority to create new NACS standards if it ever determined it needed to, but it has never done that so far. Okay, interesting. And you're reporting that two blue states, environmentalists and a tribe, are pushing the EPA to make this standard happen. Can you tell us about that push and why it's coming now? Yeah. So in 2007, the Supreme Court ruled that EPA had regulatory authority over greenhouse gases. But the court didn't offer specific guidance to EPA on how to do that under the Clean Air Act. So what happened was everybody was theorizing about which parts of the Clean Air Act could be used for greenhouse gases, what would be the most effective way to do it. In the late 2000s, back in the very early Obama years, some environmental groups came to the conclusion that the NACS program would be the best way to do that. The reason being, it's an economy-wide thing, so it would cover greenhouse gases coming from all sources, and you could set a, a national standard and have states then figure out ways to curb their emissions and eventually reduce them down. So it was proposed, there were a number of sort of questions and logistical issues that came with that. And long story short, ultimately, the Obama administration moved ahead with other parts of the Clean Air Act to regulate greenhouse gases. On the stationary side, that has meant under Section 111, which led to the Clean Power Plan, which is, of course, was struck down by the Supreme Court. And EPA is working on a new rule under that part of the law. So what happened was in 2009, the Center for Biological Diversity sent a petition to EPA saying, we want you to regulate greenhouse gases under the next program. And basically what happened was EPA sat on that petition for years and years. Then what happened was under the Trump administration, on the last full day in office, actually, EPA rejected the petition and said it wouldn't be a workable solution. The Biden administration came in and at least reversed the, the rejection of the petition. So, And now CBD is saying we think it's time for EPA to respond to our petition formally and either agree to regulate under NACS or, or not. They've been joined notably by two Democratic attorneys general from Minnesota and Oregon. So that's putting some significant heft behind this. The attorneys general have now come out and said, well, 
if the Supreme Court is saying that you need to use a big part of the Clean Air Act, the NAAQS program is sort of the center pillar of the Clean Air Act. It's, it's probably the most important part of the Clean Air Act for EPA, at least on the stationary side. So they're now saying it's time to act on this. We need to do something more. We need to address greenhouse gas emissions from across the economy, and we want EPA to respond. And can you lay out what some of the arguments are against creating this sort of national air quality standard for greenhouse gases? Why is there a Republican pushback? So on one level, there's Republican pushback because they frequently have been opposing serious regulation of greenhouse gases. So there's sort of a broader push there just to stop EPA from doing that in general. More specifically, and this is issues people have been raising and debating for the last 15 years, basically, there are questions about whether the NAAQS program would be an effective way to do this. One is that if EPA sets a standard of, let's say, 350 parts per million, which is what the 350.org group is named after, is sort of the level that scientists have generally agreed that CO2 needs to be limited to, and we've blown well past that at this point. If EPA were to set the standard at that level, every state would immediately be out of attainment and would thus have to start working on that. That is, of course, the point, but there are some other issues here. Number one, even if every state stopped using fossil fuels tomorrow, the ambient CO2 levels in the U.S. would continue to rise because of global emissions. CO2 is a, a global pollutant that spreads out in the atmosphere equally. So the states would never, at least not for decades or centuries, come into attainment with the standard. And theoretically, that comes with, you know, eventually that would come with certain punishments, like losing federal highway funding, for example. So there are questions about whether that will be workable. Supporters of this have come back and said these programs are flexible There are ways to account for international pollution. There are ways to account for pollution from other states. It could be figured out. So there's been a lot of back and forth on this, but some serious questions about whether or not logistically that this would be workable. Interesting. Okay. And so is the Biden administration seriously considering creating this sort of standard? And if so, what is the kind of legal battle that could be ahead if they do? There hasn't been any indication that they are seriously considering setting a NAC standard. Obviously, EPA is working on various other greenhouse gas regulations, both for stationary and mobile sources. But they're going to have to now. The groups are demanding they respond to their petition. Eventually, at some point next year, they'll be able to file a lawsuit over that that would force EPA to respond. So it's something that the agency is going to have to truly consider. If they do ultimately choose to set a greenhouse gas NAC standard, I would definitely expect serious litigation over that once they do. But this would be a years-long process. Even if EPA were to come out tomorrow and say, you know, we approve the petition, we're going to do this, you're talking about a, a rulemaking process that would last several years just to create the next standard. And then after that, it would take a number of years for states to start coming up with plans, all of this during what I'm sure would be pretty fierce litigation that would very well likely go up to the Supreme Court. Also, the Department of Energy is sending $1.3 billion to help bolster power infrastructure across six states in an effort to eliminate bottlenecks and bring new clean energy online. That's what the Biden administration announced on Monday, enabling enough electricity generation to come onto the power grid to supply roughly 3 million homes. 
Funding was awarded through the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law and goes to New Mexico, Arizona, New Hampshire, Vermont, Utah, and Nevada. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.